the scripture that I will be focusing on today and that many of you have in your Sunday school and Bible study is from Ephesians chapter 5 and we'll read that in just a few moments Ephesians 5:15 through 21 Ephesians chapter 5:15 through 21 and the question today is who or what is governing your life Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should walk holy and blameless before Him in love. He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace, with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace. Just tune in to me for a moment. In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which the way in which you once walked But God, being rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us together alive with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with Him. And He seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near so then you are no longer strangers. You're no longer aliens, but your fellow citizens with the saints. You are members of the household of God and you are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father in whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He might grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ Jesus may dwell in your hearts through faith. And then into Romans as well. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit 
who dwells in you. So then, brothers, you are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime. Not in orgies or in drunkenness. Not in sexual immorality and sensuality. Not in quarreling and jealousy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to gratify its desires I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, as Paul writes, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles, speaking of pagan people, do in the futility of their minds. Therefore you, therefore you, that have heard the message of Jesus Christ and been sealed with the Holy Spirit, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And now let us all stand together and I want us to read in unison our Scripture today. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Beloved, here is the question. Is your life one that is controlled by substances? Or is the substance of your life being one that is controlled or governed by Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit? You may be seated. Father, again, as we have read from the words of life that You have given unto us and seen fit to have before our eyes today, would You... Lord, open the eyes of our heart that we may clearly understand just how beautiful and how glorious and how marvelous and how lovely You are. And that we will cast all other affections aside and desire You as our substance in life. Again, Lord, I ask that You would govern my tongue, that the words that would come out of my mouth would be to glorify the gospel 
And the God who loved us so much that He did give, and Lord, that it would edify and build up Your church, that it would draw sinners to the foot of the cross where they would find healing and salvation. To God be the glory. In Jesus' name, Amen. Ephesians chapter 5 in beginning in verse 15, he says, Look carefully, look carefully, then how you walk. Young people, all of us, listen to me today. Look carefully how you walk. That Greek word, wording there actually means look around. Pay attention to your surroundings. I thought uh, of that movie. It was John Wayne's last movie. Many young people have never seen this, but... What was John Wayne's last movie? The Shootist, right? The Shootist, I believe. And and it was in the late 70s, and he played this aging uh, gunfighter. And he has cancer. And so he's going out in the blaze of glory, and so to speak, as he thought, in his last gunfight. And he killed all the other people, but he, he, he turned his back toward the bartender. And the bartender shot him in the back. And I just thought of that, of how we're not careful of our surroundings, how we're talking about victory here and victory here, but so many times we're not looking carefully all around us of what can attack us in this life. And that's the wording here. Look carefully. Pay attention how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. And of course, the Apostle Paul wrote, if one wants to become wise, let him first become a fool. And quit thinking of himself as wise, but turn unto God and His Word. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And then he says, making the best, redeeming the times, some of your translations say, making the best use of each and every day because the days are evil. There is evil all around us. There is evil within that we deal with in our own flesh. Satan is still loose upon this earth as a roaring lion seeking out to devour. The thief is prowling to steal, kill, and destroy. We must look carefully. We must make each day the best day for Jesus Christ, making the best use of the time, living for the Lord because the days are evil. And then he says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I believe wholeheartedly, Miss Belinda, he wasn't talking about when he says, understand what the will of the Lord is, if I'm standing in my closet saying, I wonder if the Lord wants me to wear a black suit today or my gray suit. And so people read a verse like that and it's easy to become frustrated. I don't always understand the will of the Lord, you might think. And you want to know something? I don't either on the day-to-day things. I don't think we ever will until we get to heaven. And I don't think that's what Paul's writing about here. When he says, understand what the will of the Lord is. I do believe he's talking about the revealed will of God. Through Jesus Christ, the gospel story, the Word of God. We can understand this, and even more so when the Spirit 
And only so, really, when the Spirit opens our spiritual eyes to behold the wonderful mystery of eternal life. But you must look carefully, and you must redeem the day and use it for the Lord to the best of your ability, because the days are evil. And you must and you can understand the will of the Lord. Who can understand the mind of the Lord? For eye has not seen nor ear heard all that God has prepared for those that love Him. But so many times we stop right there, don't we? You know that Scripture goes on, and I don't have it before me. That Scripture goes on. And we stop when we say, oh, we can't understand all that God has for us. But that Scripture goes on and talks about how the Spirit illuminates to us what God does have planned for us. It goes on to say at the end of that chapter, we have the mind of Christ through the Holy Spirit. Understanding what the will of the Lord is. And again, as you've heard me say many times, God is never silent as long as this blessed book is open before you. God is always speaking through the Holy Spirit through this book. Look carefully then how you walk. Make the best use of the time. Life is a vapor. It is short. It passes by just like that. The days are evil. Don't be foolish. Understand what God's revealed will is for your life. And then he says, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. You know what that word means? I had to look that up this week. I've heard that all my life. And I knew the, the actual, just because I've heard it so much and you live, you understand basically what that means. But I looked that up. Do you know what that Greek word is? It actually means prodigal. You remember the story about the prodigal son? How he got his inheritance and then he took off to a far country and he spent it all on self selfish and lustful living. He partied, went through all of his money there just wishing he could eat the very food that the pigs were eating. That's actually what that word means, prodigal living. That you take the graces of God and you want to use them selfishly, and you waste, and you're flattered, and you're tempted, and you give in to the cravings of the flesh and the temptations of Satan, and you leave the love and grace of the Father, and you go to live your way. That's actually what that word means. Getting drunk is prodigal living. It's wasteful. It's foolish. It is ignorant. It robs you of what the Father's given you. But he says, but be filled with the Spirit. Beloved, I do not have to tell you today the abuse and addiction of substances in our land is a national crisis. Amen? I've met with two people this week just talking about some of these issues out in society, how they're affecting so many different ways, so many different paths. And the crisis has affected almost, and really, if not in some way, every person here today. Some more closely than others. Lives, families, communities, churches, cities, states are being crippled by this epidemic. 
And in one word, in the words of one uh, sheriff's department deputy this week, he told me, "We're barely putting band-aids on it right now. There is no end to this anytime in sight soon." And it's not that they're not working. It's not that our prisons aren't well doubled their capacity. And and I want to say it's no respecter of persons or families. You know, when I was young, you you knew there were some places you didn't go, right? It has no respecter of persons or families now. The substance abuse and addiction is attacking families of all social status and even into Christian homes. And we know we're seeing every day that substances like alcohol and other drugs, they steal lives, don't they? They control them. Young people, listen to me. Before you put anything in your mouth, I want you to understand that you could be getting ready for a lifelong battle, a commitment to an addiction that will control your daily life, that will determine what you experience on a day-to-day level. It also can determine, preordain how you die, where you die, and what you leave behind, either a blessing or a curse for families and friends to deal with. One of the greatest eye-openers in my life, and many of you that have been here a few years have heard me say this before, is when I checked into Charter Ridge in 2001. I was not there for uh, uh, addictions, but just depression. But at that time, because of state funding, they had shut down the wings, so we were all together. And there I was for the first time in my sheltered life watching people not only deal with depression like I was, but also coming off many different types of drugs. And it's, it's not pretty. It's heartbreaking. And it's not the life that Christ came to give you. Christ came that you would have life and have it more abundantly. And He's sealed us with His very presence, His Holy Spirit. But we must look carefully and walk Not as the unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil and understand what the will of the Lord is. Christ came to free us. Christ came to empower us, to give us victory, to make us more than conquerors. Substances. Rob us of walking worthy of the life that Christ died and conquered death to give us. And that means when when we allow substances to rob us of walking worthy of the life that Christ came to give us, we experience loss of joy. We know we're not living with purpose. We know we're not living the life that Christ came to give us. And we lose that joy and so many wonderful rewards found only in Christ Jesus and the Christian life. 
One writer for the Chicago Tribune, and some of you might remember this story, it was in the summer of 1996, and several thoroughbred racehorses in Kentucky, they began noticing that they were developing uh, infections in their nostrils, in their noses, and they were bleeding out of their noses, and they brought in top veterinarians examining the horses, and to their astonishment, they found uh, small sponges deep in the horse's nasal passages. This launched an investigation that actually the FBI became involved in, and they found out, they determined that someone was trying to fix races, and they had tampered with the horse's noses, inserting these sponges to interfere with the horse's breathing during races. They were trying to fix the races and cutting down on their oxygen intake to slow them down. Ten instances of this sponging were reported in a nine-month period. I want to tell you today, beloved, that like sponges in a thoroughbred's nostrils, Jesus Christ has filled you with His Spirit. You are victorious and more than a conqueror through Him that loved you, who shed His blood for you. But beloved, what you put into your body can slow you down. The sins, the distractions weaken a Christian and they take away from what God wants us to be and what God wants us to do with our life. And here it is, they diminish our ability to breathe in the Holy Spirit. Substances take over our lives and rob us of life But God through Christ gives substance to our life. I've heard people ask, why do people allow substances to afflict their lives? Really, that's not that difficult of an answer. They make a promise. Tonight is Super Bowl night, right? Is that right? You can tell how up I keep with that. Tonight, you'll most likely see ads. And so many people watch the Super Bowl just for the commercials, don't they? Tonight, young people, or all of us, you're going to see ads of how the glorious life of alcohol. You're going to see beautiful women, most likely, and clean-cut, shaven people, and smiling, and laughing, and having a good, clean time. Can I tell you, that's not the way it really looks most of the time. I was eating with Paula last night in Campbellsville and I saw a woman in her 50s that had the face of a 100-year-old with a, with a beard that tall. It does not look like that in real life, guys. They make a promise. That's all it is. They make a promise. It'll help with the pain. And you know what? At first it does. But then it compounds and it causes more pain than the original loneliness or hurt or whatever. They make a promise, and Christ makes a promise to us. Many promises found in His Word. And so the question is for each of us here today is, whose promise will you believe? Whose promise will you listen to? Whose promise will you receive? And I want to tell you, The promise of the Holy Spirit is much more reliable than the promise of Budweiser. Only God's Spirit can bring abundant 
life, a life of purpose, joy, and reward. In Ephesians 5 and 19, he goes on to what I believe he's describing right after he talks about be filled with the Spirit. I believe this is what it kind of looks like in in some senses of, of our relationship with God and each other in the church what being filled with the Spirit looks like, addressing one another in psalms or in Scripture, and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart. In other words, a song, having a song in your, in your spirit. Having a song in your heart. Giving thanks always for everything to God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's the effects of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so wouldn't you say that the opposite of that can be true? The Holy Spirit we've just seen affects how we speak to one another. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit affects how we speak to one another, how we worship God with one another. another and also if we have a song in our heart for each day, it, the Holy Spirit influences our level of gratitude and our peace within our heart, our peace with God and the level of respect that we show towards others. And so if that's true, the opposite of that is true. Wouldn't you say? Think of the opposite of those things. I did, and I thought, well, if the Holy Spirit does that, if that's produced through the Holy Spirit, then... The spirit of the flesh produces just the opposite. And so the opposite of being controlled by the Holy Spirit, and now I want you to listen in because there's a lot of people that says, well, this sermon really isn't for me because he's teaching about substance abuse, right? Well, now tune in, all the rest of you. Because you can still not be hooked on drugs or alcohol and still be led by the flesh and pride and jealousy and envy and lust. And there are still many Christians that might not battle with alcoholism or drug addiction that still don't live this kind of life that we just read. I don't always either. And so the opposite of being controlled by the Spirit means that we speak cruelly to people. We worship our needs above the will of the Lord. We're ungrateful. Listen, Christian, are you grateful? Are you always complaining about what you don't have as opposed to what God has given you? That means you're not being filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you speak cruelly to people, and especially those that you say you love the most, then you're not filled with the Holy Spirit? Do you worship your needs above the will of God? Then that means whether you have a substance abuse problem or not, you're still not being controlled by the Holy Spirit. Do you put yourself first, your career, your pride, your name, your ego above the needs of others? Then you're not being filled and led by the Holy Spirit. He's not governing your life. Your flesh is. The world, Satan, is governing your life. Even those of you who have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. Because there's a difference between sealed and filled. So whether it's substances or just 
our flesh, our pride, our lust, our jealousy. Here's the question. Who is governing your life? Who's in control? We saw the bumper sticker come out many years ago. God is my co-pilot. That's the problem. He needs to be the pilot. If he is the co-pilot, switch seats. Who is governing your life? If it's not the Holy Spirit of God, beloved, there is hope for you today. Maybe substances are controlling your life. There's hope for you today. Maybe you are racked with anger and bitterness and hardness of heart. There's hope for you today. The hope doesn't come in attending a church service. So many people miss that. Yeah, there's many wonderful benefits to being here together. But this isn't the prize. Jesus Christ is the prize. And many people miss that. They think if they come to church, life will get better and easier. This isn't the prize. It's got many wonderful benefits. This is just us coming, realizing who the prize is, Jesus Christ. There's hope for you today. I want you to know that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're experiencing, no matter what you're facing, Christ came and shed His blood and has given His Spirit for you and for me to have purpose and fulfillment and joy and find reward in this life. Christ has come. He came born of a virgin. He lived a perfect life. He bore our sins at Calvary. Took the wrath of God so that we could be excused from it. He justifies us freely by faith. He sanctifies us, drawing us closer to Himself. He's going to glorify us someday and make us like Jesus Christ. It's His work. They put Him in the tomb. On the third day, He rose from the dead. And because He lives, those who put their faith in Him will live also and have eternal, joyful, rewarding, abundant life. There's hope for you today. You see, Jesus can take back what Satan stole from you. But you've got to give your life to Him. You've got to surrender your life to Him. You've got to switch seats. You might say, how do I do that, Pastor? I turn to Acts chapter 2, 38-39. It'll be on the wall. Peter is preaching now. Now Peter's filled with the Holy Spirit. He's been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And now he's preaching in the power of God. And Peter said to them after this sermon, repent. That means turn in a new direction. And be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see, beloved, if you've never received Jesus Christ, you do not have the Holy Spirit, but you can have Him today. If you'll call upon the name of Jesus Christ and believe in Him and receive His, His precious gift of eternal life, if you'll make Him your Lord... You'll receive the Holy Spirit today. Jesus will come and live in your heart, as we say. That was Peter's message. Again, in chapter 3, he says, Repent, therefore, there again, turn in a new direction, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. Jesus Christ, through His precious blood, spilled at Calvary's tree, blots out our sins. 
And then he says that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that He may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus. He'll do that today if you'll turn to Him. And church, I want you to know something about Jesus Christ. He's just not a free pass or a ticket to get out of hell. There are many people in the pews around America and the world today who have walked an aisle, who've said a prayer with the preacher because they didn't want to go to hell. I want to tell you, Jesus Christ is more than a ticket out of hell. He is a Lord to serve. He is a Lord to love. He is our elder brother. He is the giver of life, the healer, the binder up of wounds. And we give our life to Him. He's not just a prayer. He's not just getting dunked. He's not just an aisle. He is the Lord and the King of kings, Lord of lords, the giver of all life. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the beginning. And He's the end. And we're to give our life to Him. We were created to know Him. We are His workmanship of grace. And so as we prepare to sing a hymn of invitation, we have to go back to the original question, who or what is controlling or governing your life? And if it's not Jesus Christ, I just simply give this invitation. Would you come? And would you say, like Lorinda saying, just give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. Look unto the Lord. Give me Jesus. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Give me Jesus. Break the chains that hold me captive. Give me Jesus. I repent of my sins. I turn to Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Cleanse me. Fill me with Your Holy Spirit. Let me find joy even in sorrow. Hope even in despair. Purpose even in the midst of so much meaningless in Jesus Christ.